seated. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Uh, we're going to pick back up in the seven congregations. Uh, this is Sardis. Um, I think that probably with our tire, we're probably going to come back and touch on that a little bit uh, as we are going through these last uh, few churches here. And um, we'll just see how the Father leads us. You know, we're talked about, we are in the middle of counting the Omer. Um, these are steps from the time that we have come out of um, Passover, come out of Exodus, as we're telling a story, but also in our lives. We talked about what the Father has put on our hearts, too, this year, about degrees, going from one degree to the next. And this is something in the stages of our life that as we go through, it's important. The Father, I learned this from my father-in-law, and it was this, that it's just no different than just the very elementary things in life. Being born and being a baby, then being a young child, then being, I guess, an adolescent. You know, all the way to being a young man or a young woman and, and then also into maturity. I definitely understood, you know, like I said, I felt like I was called to be a pastor when I was a teenager. Scared the emojis out of me. And so just, you just pick an emoji, okay? And uh, that's what, and so, but with that said, not realizing that I thought that because if you called it something, you had to walk in it at that moment. And so it wasn't until I was 46 that I was able to walk into this, and I was so glad that it was 46. Because here are some of the things that I needed to experience some things in my life so that I would be able to be a pastor or a shepherd. It's just the way it works. And uh, I think, and I can just say for everybody here, you know, in our journey, every degree matters. But here's the thing that can... The Father has a calling for us. But I can tell you, we can derail that calling. Now, I'm going to say this, but I want you to just attract with me in just a moment. Samson. Samson wasn't the best example of how you were to be from the womb. Now, he, he eventually was able to achieve a goal that the Father had for him. But I really believe that Samson could have achieved more if he would have listened to his parents and if he would have listened to the Torah and he would have went... Because he, he was a mighty man called to do what he was to do. David. David done a lot of great things in his life. David did some bad things in his life. And these bad things, think about it. Out of all the children, David lost all of them except Solomon. When you think about, and you think about the murder, you think about how he had Uriah killed and how Bathsheba and all of these things. So I'm throwing this out there because of what I want to teach on today in verse 1. Now I have up here, and it's going to take a couple of weeks to get through this, so we're just going to chill. Reputation and garment. These are two words that we want to talk about. But today we're going to talk about reputation. What is a reputation? How are you known to people in this county or in this state or you're at your job? How are you known? But more importantly, what does Yeshua think about us? 
What does Yeshua think about you? What does Yahweh think? Because guess what? He's the ultimate judge. He's the one that says, hey, are you in the book or not in the book? Because I believe, this is my opinion, I believe from the foundations of the world, He knows who's going to be born, and we're written into the book of life. Because in the end, it says blotting out. I don't think Yahweh's got an eraser up there. Okay, today you're in, Terry. Tomorrow, no, you're not because you fussed at Sandra. No, you know, (laughs) He's not in there taking things in and out. You're in there, but at the final judgment, that's where you're looking at in this final judgment. Are we going to find ourselves in the book? The book that counts. Amen. That's the book that we right now we're in. But it's up to us to make sure that we stay in. Yeshua has shed His blood for us. We have applied that blood for most of us in here who saved. Amen. But yet, there's still a fighting for the faith. There's still a getting to that finish line. Paul made the statement like this. I don't want to run this race and then find out at the end I ran it in vain. Because, in other words, everything that I've done is emptiness. And so with that said, in verse 1, in this congregation of Sardis, and the reason why I want to bring this congregation, and I want to take my time with this one too, because the last one had to do with false worship. Thyatira had to do with Jezebel, had to do with all of the false worship. All of these congregations were fighting mixtures of worship. They were fighting cultism and paganism. It's in all of them. And don't think that we're not fighting that same thing today. To the angel in the church of Sardis, or the congregation of Sardis, write, The words of him, this is Yeshua, is the him, who has the seven spirits, that's Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit, of Elohim, and the seven stars. You remember the seven stars are the seven angels. Okay? I know your works. Now, he seems to say that to all the congregations. He knows, guess what? Does he not know River of Life's works? He absolutely does. He knows Jacob's tents work. He knows all of our works, and he knows all of the works from all the communities that's been from the very foundation until the very end. He knows our works. He knows the heart. He knows our mind. He knows our intentions. He knows everything. So he's letting us know. He knows, but do you know what? Most of the people act like he don't know. Or we wouldn't be doing the things we're doing. I know your works. You have a reputation. Now we'll stop right there. You have a reputation. You have a name. Reputation is your name. I just want to. You have a reputation. I have a reputation. But Yeshua is trying to share with us here it ain't about me. Because if I've accepted him as my Savior, whose name have I taken on? His name. So am I blaspheming His name by the things that I do and by the things that I don't do? This is the importance of not really... It doesn't... Look, guys. It is important to have a good name, and we're going to get there because we're going to read these scriptures. But the reason why it's important that we have a good name, it isn't because of me. It's because of whom I serve and who our king is. That's the way we have to look at this thing, that everything that we do, if we confess to be a believer in Yeshua, that we're representing His name. Are we representing it right? Or are we blaspheming His name amongst the people? 
When we get into arguments and we get into all it, now, can I say this? It says, in the first, it says, and the angel, there's an angel that was appointed to this congregation. He's not writing to heathens here. He's not writing to the lost of Sardis. That ain't what he said here. He said, I'm writing to the church or the congregation of Sardis. I'm writing to people who profess to know me. This is who he's writing to. This is always important. Because you know a lot of times when we read Scripture, maybe it's just me, but a lot of times when we read Scripture, when we're reading the negative, we think automatically, that ain't me he's talking about. We don't put ourselves in that place. That's, he's, he's talking about Tammy there. You know what I'm saying? No, but he's talking about somebody else there. He's, talking, he's not talking about me. But when he says to the congregation of Sardis, he's saying to the congregation of River of Life. He's saying to the congregation of Jacob. He's saying to the congregation of whatever... Con- our congregation, brothers and sisters in Kenya, this is what he's saying in our generation in our time. He's speaking dead between our eyes is what he's doing. And you know what? We keep looking off. And he keeps grabbing us back and saying, focus here. Look at me between my eyes. Quit looking to the side. Stay focused. So we have a reputation. He says... You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. That's a bad thing to hear. That's a sad thing to hear. I just want to let that soak in a minute. We talked a little bit about this before. Are we alive? Do we have that reputation here of being alive, but yet we're dead? I hope and pray we don't. But there's a way you can tell. And the way you can tell is, is are you operating in the Torah and are are you operating in His Holy Spirit? It's both spirit, true worshipers, worship me how? Spirit and truth. That's what we do. If we can do that and if we can love our neighbor and if we can do the things that the Torah is telling us to do and focus, you know, really here all I've asked is because this is what Yahweh's asked and it ain't about me. But major on the majors and minor on the minors. If we can do that, because they are weightier matters of Torah. It's always been that way. There's weightier matters of Torah. If we can take the weightier matters of Torah and apply them and walk in them, then you're loving the Father and loving your neighbor as yourself. Because, guys, I'm just flat here to tell you. There are some things I just flat don't know, and I am sorry. But I don't know it. There, why, it why there's an issue with this calendar thing, I don't know. But I... But I can just tell you this, I can read the Gospels when Yeshua was walking on the earth and it didn't come up one time. And I can tell you that I've read and studied the Pharisees, Sadducees and all the Eases and the families and they all disagreed with the calendar. But yet he didn't address it. Why didn't he just sit there and say, you're right and all of you other 12 are wrong? But you know what? When the gates were open on a feast day, guess where Yeshua was at? In the temple. Guess where Peter and all of them were at whenever Yeshua, after the resurrection, he said, you go to the house, you go to the temple, and you wait for the Holy Spirit. So that day, guess where? They were in the upper room. They wasn't in some house over there across the country. They were in the temple in the upper room. They were there, and the Holy Spirit fell in the temple. It fell on Shavuot that day. So my thing is, is this, is that major on the majors and minor on the minors. He did not, I don't know how else to say it. 
whenever there's certain things He reveals to us, and He reveals to us in times and seasons for us to walk in. That's just the way it is. I don't know everybody, not everybody. I mean, you just look at the books that's out there that's written of all these people that the Lord spoke just to them and not to anybody else. Well, you're special. You know what I'm saying? But I listen and I read Paul, and the first thing out of Paul's mouth is, is I'm the least of all of these people. He doesn't come out, and, and I can, and I, just my personal opinion, I believe this. Paul didn't, I don't think he understood that his writings were going to be where they were at. I think he wrote these letters to these congregations because he had a heart for them to walk out the Torah and to understand how Yeshua and the Torah now all walked and worked together. And you know what? The message is not changed. The message is the same. It's the same today, but it's harder today for us in this regard because now we're fighting, we're coming from occultism through what we've been taught through Greek eyes, through Hellenization, and now trying to bring the people... You need to come out of the Babylonian system. You need to come out of that religious system and get into what Yahweh's doing. Because there's going to come a day when He's coming. And you're going to hear that trumpet sound. I don't know who was ministering that the other day. Uh, I think it was Tyler was ministering that the other day. Him and Douglas done a fantastic job in their ministry. I am so glad for the ten days of awe. Because the ten days of awe is going to be mercy for a lot of people. But I don't want to go through the 10 days of all. I want to be part of that 50. I want to be a part that I hear when that trumpet blasts, we're heading with him while everybody else may be trying to get their act together in the 10 days of all. But at least, because there's a lot of people in the Hebrew roots that are just as asleep today as they were when they were in the church. They just are. They're just asleep. Okay. So what does he say in verse 2? What's the first two words? Wake up. Wake up. All right, so what I want to do now, let's go to, let me see where I want to go. Let's go to Proverbs 3. I'm going to hit this in a couple of spans. It may take three weeks, I don't know. It ain't like we got anywhere to be. I think Eddie Chumney's coming in a couple of weeks. He'll be coming through, so he'll be here on the May 14th. Eddie Chumney will be here. So they're coming through. Proverbs 3, 3. Everybody say he's talking about me. That's what I wanted to hear. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablets of your heart. Now we'll stop right there. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. In other words, your reputation and my reputation should be that we're people of steadfast love and faithfulness. That should be our reputation. When somebody sees me or you, that should be what they see. Not that I'm a good this or I'm a good that. You know, he kept me cool when my AC broke. That ain't what that's about. Is goes deeper than that. Steadfast. Steadfast means to firmly fix in place. In other words, it's not subject to change. Definition again, steadfast means firmly fixed in place, not subject to change. It can't. 
But this is the way he wants our relationship to be. He wants us to be immovable. We need to be... See, I'm just throwing this out here. Because, see, we can read steadfast love and faithfulness. Hallelujah, praise God. Turkazia. You know, you do your thing. You know, and that's great. And we'll walk right out here and fuss at somebody about something. You know, because they hurt our feelings. You know, or whatever. Somebody told me that my shirt's ugly. You know, I can't help it. I'm trying to get out of solids. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it is. Work with me a little bit, huh? Nobody told me my shirt was Everybody said it was great. I'm going back to the 70s. You know, a little silk, little, little throwback, you know? A little silk. Going back to some of my roots, even though it's probably a crooked root. But I'm just going, no. But anyway, but what I'm saying is, is, is steadfast means it's not subject to change. So I'm just saying this, since he's saying that, you know what that really means? When something horrific happens to you in your life, is your love for Yahweh going to change? Is you're going to be moved by your feelings or whatever for him? That's what he's saying is that there should not be anything that comes our way because we have to know that it's not really, guys, it's just not about this life. It is about this life because we're here and he placed us here. But it is about the world to come. Because this life, if you're in my place, versus where I was when I was 18, is a little shorter at the other end. I'm, I'm done tipped the scale, believe it or not, on the other end. Might not look like it, but I am. Just let y'all know that. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is our goal is the world to come. It's the kingdom of ruling and reigning with Him. Right now, we're to be a witness here, and we're to be able to witness and grab as many people as we can to get them into the kingdom because He doesn't want anybody to perish. That's, that's our job here is to be a witness for Him. However, that happens to us, and however much we are glad and, and growing or how much we suffer, you, you see what I mean? This is the thing. Steadfast love means that no matter what, you're not going to be shaken. It's not subject to change. You've got to understand this definition. It's not subject to change. It means it can't. So I'm just throwing this out there for us. I want us to really grab it. Could you fall away? If you can fall away, we need to work on our steadfastness. We need to make what? Our election and what? Calling sure. That's what this means. So just saying, so he's telling us, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them. Bind means secure by tying. Bind them around your neck. Bind them around your neck to a place to where nobody can jerk that off of you. When, whenever And maybe, maybe tied around there tight enough that somebody can't get their fingers in between your neck and the, and the rope that can pull it off. In other words, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in what? With Elohim and with man. Not just with Elohim and with man also. It is important. Our... our if we strive to do what the first two verses or the first verse says, he's telling us that we will find favor 
and good success. That's a promise. That's a commandment. That's a promise. In the sight of Elohim, but that needs to be our goal. Our goal, if you will strive to find good favor and success with Elohim, with Yahweh Elohim, you you don't see man success with man, but here's the problem. You didn't see man first, did you? You don't see man first because then what you'll do is you'll start playing the game. You'll start being a chameleon. You lay on this, you'll turn green. You lay on something brown, you'll be brown. You lay on something pink, you turn pink. You see, you start playing the game, and, and guess what? That will bite you. Being a chameleon will bite you in the end. But the Father is telling us to stay focused because He's telling this congregation, guys, you are running around in a Holy Ghost shutdown and all of that stuff. You have the reputation. See, people, man is seeing you as being alive. But I'm telling you, you're dead and your works are not complete in my sight. See, that's why he didn't put man first. He put Yahweh first. He put Elohim first. If we would do these things, we will find favor and good success with Elohim and with man. I just hate to tell you that I've been in this thing long enough for, the, for what's happening in the Christianity world. I have come through the stages of programs, uh, different methods. Do you know... The message from the beginning has never changed. But where I have been in all the different churches I have been, the message has changed a lot. And the deliveries changed. The jokes are still sour. But the thing is, is the scriptures are still out of context. And, and now they're accepting sin when Yahweh said this is an abomination. It's just, it's even get to the place... They don't even know what a male or female is. Can I, y'all can say amen to that one. That's sad. No, that's right. We're not scientists. We're not biologists. That's just our problems. I always thought about you go to, you go to Scotland. Anybody know where Scotland's at? Anybody know anything about Scotland? I'm, you know, my heritage is Scotland. Men and women both wear skirts there. I don't know what they do for a bathroom. Because it's got to be both of them on the door. I don't know what to say. You can edit that in a minute. Huh? No. That's right. That's right. You don't pick on a man wearing a skirt. So here's the deal. But what I'm saying is, is can you now see? I just want us to focus. I'm going, I'm just, I'm really hammering this. I want us to focus where we're at today. If, if churches are running around playing music and packing out all of this thing. and, and it, Most big, it's like concerts. It's just like concerts. It's what, what has happened. It, is, it just is. And look, we, I love music. I believe we have, I want worship and praise. But I want worship and praise. I don't want concert. That We don't want concert. I, you know, that's the thing. We don't want all, we don't want... I don't want up here, you know, balloons and bubbly stuff, you know, that comes up while they're singing in the background. Huh? Yeah, we don't want smoke and fog, okay? That's not what we want. If, if, we, see any, if we see any smoke, I want the anointing of Yahweh to come down in this season. That's what I want. And then, then you'll find us all on our faces because we have to understand 
that if Yeshua walked through that door, there's no high fives. There's no fist bumps. On the face with maybe a little peek to see his shadow coming. Because I promise you, you will feel unworthy. We'll feel unworthy. Guys, this is why we talked about this book at the beginning. John, the apostle, walked with him, talked with him, ate with him. Evidently, according to the picture that whoever Michelangelo or whoever one that drew that big thing had his head laying on him, you know, John's sort of close to him. But you see in the book of Revelation, when Yeshua walked up, John didn't have that same. He was face down, nose planted. Because when Yeshua returns and where he is at in his place of glory, we in our state right now ain't going to be able to handle that glory. Amen. Ain't going to be able to handle that glory until we're changed and made into his image. And he's going to change us and make us into his image that we can live where he lives. And that's what he's doing today, one degree at a time. But we're having to get there. But here's what he's asking us today in this first part of this introduction here. And I can see this is where this is going. The thing about it is, is we really need to take inventory on all these congregations. Because remember, there's two of these congregations, Philadelphia and uh, Smyrna. They didn't have any negative things said about them because they were heavily persecuted. They didn't realize, they didn't know if they were going to wake up the next day and be the next lantern crucified lighting the streets of Rome. They didn't know that. I mean, in other words, are you one of them? Like when they came to Peter, are you one of them? If you said, yeah, you could be lighting the street that day. These people, they counted the cost for being a believer. Sardis was a place that had a large Jewish, as they say, had a large Jewish or Israel, had a big community. But it was like in the days of Noah. There was no persecution going on for these people. And this is the thing. This is their reputation. They thought they, thought they were having church. Because everything, I mean, they, because see, look, if you get all the people that confess to be a Christian all doing the same thing, and then nobody's, I've had a, I ain't going to name no names, but I have had prominent big dog, big time preachers say, it's not my job to preach about sin. I'm like, heavenly days. His job is, is just to say and tell people how great things are and how Yahweh loves you regardless where you are in your sin. Yeah, big pacifier. Look, the thing is, Yahweh, has He loves me and you. You know how come He proved that? Because He gave His Son for me and you. But read the end of the book. He ain't happy if we stay the same way we were when we got saved. Because at the end of the book, they ain't, He ain't coming back on a white horse handing out pacifiers. That ain't what He's doing. There's a sword in His hand, not pacifiers. He's, he's coming back. Suffering lamb, conquering king. We might as well get this. He's already come as a suffering lamb. That's done, ladies and gentlemen. And people, and this people, and this group here at Sardis is playing church. They're playing the game. They're going through the motions. 
They're giving, they're going on their day, even though they're, they're probably going on the right day here because it hasn't been changed yet. But you got people now changing the days and changing that and then t- trying to remember the Sabbath and to do what? Keep it holy, keep it kadosh. What does kadosh mean? Set apart. Keep it, keep it set apart from all the other days. In other words, six days are common. Ain't nothing wrong with common days. Nothing wrong with common days, but Shabbat ain't a common day. Ladies and gentlemen, Shabbat is a day that he set apart. He made it Kadosh, and he says, I will meet with you on that day. He didn't say he wouldn't meet with us on the six other days. That's not what he's saying. But on this day, it is special. Because on this day, it is a corporate time. This is a day that's going to be a... This is a day you're definitely going to look me between the eyes. This is a day where I set the table, you come here, because if I don't meet with you, like the garden is going to be like garden on steroids. You're, you're going to forget me. This, this bothers me. This just, this just, yeah, it is mandatory. It is a mandatory meeting. It's not optional. You know, he calls a meeting. It's time. I don't want to get fired in the end. You know what I mean? It is. But you know, like I said, and I'm just going to say this, hope you don't get your feelings hurt. But I'm telling you, I do not want Passover and Sukkot to be a Christmas and Easter. Because in Hebrew, Hebrew, there's just so many people. They'll make it to Passover and they'll make it to... They don't even worry about if they can make it to Shavuot, good. But they'll try to make it at Passover and they'll try to make it at Sukkot. Where are you every Shabbat? Where are you counting the Omer? Do you know that... that it's, do you know that the day of counting the Omer is really, to me, doubly important? Because it's a Shabbat. But do you know tomorrow's first day? But guess what? We're in the counting of the Omer. Do you know it's very important? It's very important that you recognize that. I can tell you that there's going to be a good handful of people in here who's probably forgot to count the Omer a couple of times because it slipped by. But you need to repent. You need to say, you know what? I need to set an alarm. I need to... I need to tie a bomb to me. I need to do something to where I, I, I count an omer before that thing goes off, and then you can reset it to the next day. Do you see? This is, guys, this is important. Because he's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know all the reasons why it's important. But I don't have to because he says it's important. He said count it. He count it. When you count it, obedience there's something that happens when we're obedient to the things that he asked us to be. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about you. You tell me that whenever you accepted Yeshua in your life, he set you down and told you everything. He didn't even set me down. The preacher did, and I had to fill out a sheet of paper. No, but here's what happened. No, but, here, but what I'm saying is, is it, that we start. Where do we start? Yeshua says, here's the word, but in this word, here's a bottle, and I got milk in it. Chew on this a little bit. Build you some nourishment. Get to where you can understand a relationship. Let there be a bonding between like someone who's pregnant, like a mom and a child. When that, when that baby is born, there's, there's usually a bonding that happens. When we get saved, there's a bonding that needs to happen. 
I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, there's a lot of people. Hannah's probably, you're probably the next one. Probably have the baby tomorrow. Now. I don't know. Somebody, when do y'all do? Y'all do about the same day? Okay, a couple of weeks. So y'all really close. But I can promise you during this, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong because I'm asking the question. I'm sure that the moment the baby's born, you're not teaching it its ABCs. <laughs> A, A says, ah. I'm sure you're not doing that. A is ah, like an apple. You're not doing that. There's bonding that happens. Feeding. Feeding and changing. Yeah, that baby ain't got a clue. Total care. Do you know that whenever you get born again, you're bulletproof? I'm just saying, think about this. Just think about this. When people usually get born again, they don't go through trials and tribulations. They're, in, they're on a honeymoon. They're, they're, they don't even know the other sins that's in their life yet. They just know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. They may not know that eating pork is wrong. But do you know what? Y'all ain't judging them on their eating their pork. They're just now developing a relationship. There's a bonding that happens between Yeshua and Yahweh and that person. Because guess what? There's going to come a day when you get off that bottle and he starts feeding you apple juice and applesauce. No, he ain't going to put no celery out there. That's of the devil. But think about this. But I'm just saying, what do you do? You don't, you don't, how long does it take for a baby as an infant to get to a place where they eat solid food? A week? Yeah, just solid food. You mothers throw out a good time. Doctor, you good? Six months. Okay, good. Six months. So at least from birth till six months, you don't have solid food. So you can see as a new believer, that's what would happen. Why, why do you see all of these parallels and all of these examples in the Scripture about pregnant women and birthing and all? Do you know that... And I got this little note because I, I was thinking about Hannah. You made a statement. I don't know the day and the hour he's going to return. And you don't either, so I'm just going to let that out there for you. You don't either. Because guess what? Yeshua don't know yet either. So that, are we good there? We're good there. Do you know that the day of Yahweh is coming? Amen. Let's do it. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. It's coming. Hannah, your baby's coming. Amen. Hannah, your baby's coming. Got two Hannahs. Yeah, all, these babies are coming. But let me, let me tie this in to pregnancy from conception to delivery, a way the Father, why He puts this in here. Because He does tie it in there, and we'll get to that scripture maybe next week. Think about this. Hannah and Hannah, I'm sure in some of these other, don't wake up all during pregnancy and they're concerned with only one thing, the day and the hour when the baby's going to be born. They're not concerned with that because guess what? The baby's coming. Where we need to be concerned is, is from conception to when the baby's born. You don't know the day and the hour when it's born, but boy, there's a lot of preparation to be done between that time. What the church is doing, the church, do you know that whenever... You know how the church is run when it comes to spirituality and revivals? 
they're looking at whatever crises is going on in the world. They're looking at a crisis, and if, a, if we're being bombed 9-11, man, you couldn't get a seat in church when they started flying these planes into these towers and the towers fell because everybody believed the end of the world was coming. So they are all running to church. No belief change, but they were all running to church thinking that evidently if he comes back, if I'm in these doors, I'm going up with him. But the congregation as a whole, why, do you, why when COVID hits, and why, but you know what's going to happen? I'm telling you, I'm just telling you and telling you. I believe this with all of my heart because it's a scripture. What does he talk about? As the day of Yahweh approaches, it's like a woman who's having what? Birth pains. But guess what? The thing about it is, is the very, if you're a brand new mother... Brand new, brand new. Ain't never had a baby. Ain't never had a baby. Most of the time, <laughs> when you have that first contraction, what does new mothers usually do? Panic. It's here. It's, it's here. It's at the door. I'm dilated 42. I mean, it's, it's here. I'm ready. It's just, this is it. And you go to the hospital, and you're not even dilated yet. You're saying, I had the pain. Yeah, you had a pain. But does, that happens a lot. Yeah, Braxton Hicks and blame it on somebody. But the thing about it is, you just, something happens to you. But you know what? It's a real pain. But then you get like my niece Courtney, you know. She knows when she has a baby, she walk around out in the parking lot. She knows. I mean, it's, she slides in the home. Boom. She don't even get in. They don't even give her a bed. You know, slides in home. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's roll. Check, please. Josh, let's go out and eat it. Salutes. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, at least they don't even need a hospital. They got Highway 98. You know what I'm saying? They just, they just pull over and call an ambulance. In case y'all want to check, we're over here. Wag, wag. I think delivered the baby. Tyler said, I had training. I'm, I'm medically trained. I said, yep, you are. They did, in case y'all wondering. He delivered a baby on Highway 98. And why they didn't call him Highway, I don't know. But he had what? And then they have that. So Tammy was like, when we had ours, like, get me to the hospital three months early. You know, and get me hooked up to Pitocin and, and Epidural and whatever they got, I want it. I got good insurance. Whatever they got, I want it. That's right, when Kelly had a baby, I know, I probably need one myself. How in the world? Okay, so here's the, what I'm saying is, is I'm using this, I'm using this, this pray, because does Yahweh not use this? How many times we talk about, he says, man, when you come back, don't be, don't be birthing on Shabbat when he comes back. You know what I'm saying? So think about this, though. It's not about, it's not about the actual day of the birth, it's all the preparation all the things that you need to do to make sure that mom and baby is healthy for when the day of Yahweh comes or when the day of baby comes. That's what we're looking for. But a lot of times people don't take care of themselves from conception until they get ready to have the baby. They just figure out that it's just... And then if something... so You do your part. You do what you know to do. You do your part. Spiritually, now I took something physical... 
guys, we're no different than being in this pregnancy stage. Are we doing what we need to do to prepare for that day of delivery? Are we doing in our lives what we need to do? Because guess what? Yahweh's coming. Yeshua's coming. He's going to say, Yeshua, go get your bride. And when he says that, there's none of this, hold on, let me get my dress on. Let me get my makeup on. Let me run out of eyeliner. All of that ain't going to work. Because when he's coming, he's going to send the bridegroom, and he's going to toot that little ram's horn or whatever he's going to toot, and he's going to say the bridegroom is coming. Behold. When he says behold, behold means it's here. There is no wait till the doctor gets here. Just hold it in. That ain't happening. I don't know how that... That is funny. Because I can... I know... I'm just, I'm trying to be, but how do you do that? How do you tell a mama, hold it, the doctor will be here in an hour? How do you do that? No, I don't think that happens. I don't, maybe that's a psychological thing. Maybe like, okay, I just shut this thing off like a faucet. I don't know what I'm doing. No, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. I'm wanting to share with you guys because Sardis, he told them something. He says, you have a little bit left. You need to strengthen what you have. Not with a different message, with the same message that you already had. Because I'm not giving you something new. There is nothing new. You need to strengthen what you have. Because, guys, the day of Yahweh is coming. How are we prepared for that day? It's no different than conception to having a birth. The babies are coming. Yeshua is going to return Are we going to be prepared during this gestation period of our life to be ready for him whenever that happens? Because guess what? Some of us may not be here alive and in the remaining. We may be coming through it at the resurrection. However that happens, but our reputation of what Yahweh says about us, because we see here that you have a reputation of being alive and you're dead, that's not a good thing. So, we'll close with this part here today. Think about this. Reputation's important. Think about this little scenario. It isn't about the birth. It's about all the preparation that goes from conception to the birth. What are we doing? Every, every cycle, every Shabbat, every degree, everything that we're doing prepares us for a great healthy delivery and a great healthy baby. In other words, it, it prepares us for the return of Yeshua that we will be in the place that we need to be healthy and ready to serve Him in the kingdom and not having to go to A, A, and trying to learn the very beginnings. We shouldn't be on the milk of the Word by now. We should be on the meat. We should have been way past for most of us. If you have not accepted Yeshua yet, you need to. And you know what? Chill, we'll give you plenty of milk. We're not going to choke you with meat. That's not the way it works. Because there's a process that all of us need to grow through as, as, as he's ministering to our lives and just making us into his image. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, let's pray.